0: Hello everyone and namaskar. Today's podcast is a continuation of the reading of the book titled Anandamurti The Jamalpur Years," And this is the sixth chapter in the book titled The Death of Stalin. In communist countries, there is no sanctity in moral life. Society is devoid of moral principles. In the name of this defective theory, One of the leaders of the Soviet Union killed more than 500,000 people and sent many more to labor camps in Siberia. Among all the anti-human and homicidal theories that have been created in this world, communism is the most barbarous. All human society will have to undergo atonement for the sins committed by communism. Not even the innocent will be spared. This dangerous theory has committed many atrocities against society, and it will continue to do so until it is finished in name as well as in theory. For nearly three years after Pranay's initiation, he continued to address Pravat as he would a friend or a colleague, calling him Dada or Pravada, though he had now begun to revere him, as his guru. One day, while walking in the field, Pravat told him that this form of address was not proper between guru and disciple. He should not call him Dada, except in the office or in public, but rather Baba. From then on, Pranai followed this traditional form of address whenever they were alone. Pravat instructed the other disciples to do the same. Soon. Everyone was calling the master Baba, even though some of them, such as Chandranath and Nagina, were older than he was. The number of disciples continued to mount, but with few exceptions. Individual disciples did not know who the others were, other than the person who had brought them and the persons they had brought. Baba had made it a rule that if they saw him with somebody else, whether at home or in the field, they should turn back and come to see him at a different time. These measures allowed Baba to maintain his anonymity. Not every disciple, however, was quite so strict. One day, in 1952, Subodh Chatterjee, a childhood acquaintance who had taken initiation the previous year, was chatting with Dr. Sachinandan Mandal, who had also grown up with Baba. While they were talking, Subod saw Baba pass by on the street. After pointing him out, he confided to Sachinandan that Baba had become a great yogi with supernatural powers and his own philosophy. Every evening, different people went with him to the field to listen to his spiritual wisdom, take his blessings and witness his miraculous powers. When he heard this, sachinandan remembered a couple of incidents that had given him pause recently another mutual friend kopikishore had related to him that he had once gone to baba for advice and discovered that his knowledge was so vast that not even professionals in their field could come close to matching him on another occasion sachinandan had been coming down the stairs from his second floor office after examining a patient. Baba had been going up the stairs at the same time. As they passed, Baba asked him if his patient was suffering from pain on both sides. Surprised at the question, Sachinandan thought for a moment that Baba might have seen him through the window checking the patient on both sides with his stethoscope until he realized that it would have been physically impossible given the height of the window. After listening to Subodh, Sachinandan decided to seek out his old classmate and learn from him. But when he met Baba and told him that he had heard of his greatness and that he too wanted to learn, Baba rebuffed him. Nonsense, Baba said. These people are making up stories. I don't know anything. Sachinandan was not easily deterred. He continued to pester Baba whenever he saw him. Eventually, Baba told him that if he were really interested, he could give him the address of a tantric in Nath Nagar who could teach him. But Sachinandan was adamant. He insisted that he would only learn from him. Baba told him to first read the books of Ramakrishna. Then he would see. A couple of months later, he handed Sachinandan a handwritten piece of paper with the ten principles of yama written out and told them to start practicing them. A few days later, Baba called him to his house for initiation. In the first week of February 1953, Sachinandan had the opportunity to go for an evening walk with Baba. They were accompanied by Sadan Dei, who, unbeknownst to him, was also an initiate. When they reached the tiger's grave, they sat down and began conversing, a ritual that Baba observed every evening, regardless of who was accompanying him. At one point, Baba looked up at the sky and began to talk about astronomy. After a few minutes on the subject, he fell silent. He broke the silence by asking Sadan to close his eyes and concentrate his mind at his sixth chakra. Sachinandan, only recently initiated, watched with increasing fascination as Sadan seemed to enter into a state of trance. Baba then ordered him to take his mind to the Kremlin and see what Stalin was doing. Absorbed in his trance, Sadan replied that he was sitting alone and thinking. Enter into his mind and see what he is thinking, Baba commanded. Saddam replied that Stalin was brooding over how to spread communism around the world. He was formulating a plan to attack neighboring countries, especially India. Tell Stalin to desist from any such plans, Baba said in a steely tone of voice. Otherwise, it will mean disaster for him. Then Baba brought him out of his trance and began speaking about the history a Birbhum district, Sachinandan's native place. Three weeks later, on March first or second, Baba was sitting on the tiger's grave, with Haraprasad and Shiva Shankar Banerjee. In the middle of their discussion, Baba suddenly asked Haraprasad if he would like to experience death. Haraprasad, understandably uneasy at the prospect, respectfully declined. Baba repeated his request. He told them that he had nothing to fear. He would bring him back to life. But Haraprasad would not be convinced. At that moment, a man wearing the territorial army uniform was passing near the tiger's grave. Baba called out to him in Bojapuri and asked him to come over and sit down for a moment. They exchanged a few pleasantries and then Baba made a special gesture with his hands. The soldier collapsed. Baba asked Haraprasar to check his pulse, but he couldn't find any. The soldier did indeed appear dead, a discovery that provoked the immediate anxiety of both disciples. Don't worry, Baba told them. I will bring him back. But first, I'm going to bring a bodiless mind into his body. They watched dumbfounded. As Baba reached out his foot, and touched his big toe between the eyebrows of the soldier. The soldier's body stirred, but his eyes did not open. Go to the Kremlin, Baba said, and tell me what you see. The prostrate soldier answered the question without opening his eyes. Stalin is in a conference room with the officers of his military command. He is explaining something to them in Russian and pointing to a map. Enter into Stalin's mind and discover what his plans are. He is making plans to invade India. Tell him to stop immediately, otherwise it would mean disaster for him. I have told him. And what was his reaction? Some fear has arisen in his mind. He has left the conference room and gone into his private chambers. Very well then. Baba turned his attention back to his disciples and began conversing on other subjects, while the soldier's body lay inert beside them on the grave. Half an hour passed. Baba again turned toward the soldier and ordered the bodiless mind to return to the Kremlin and see what Stalin was doing. He has overcome his fear and is preparing to issue final orders to his officers. Baba's moon darkened. Stalin has failed to learn his lesson now his time has come. Baba raised his right index finger in the air and made a cutting motion with his hand. At the same moment, he said in a commanding voice, Stalin, Nipat Jao, Stalin, be destroyed. Moments later, Baba ordered the bodiless mind to leave, and the soldier's body again became lifeless. He then ordered the soldier's mind to return. A few moments later, the soldier began to breathe again. His body moved slightly. A few minutes later, he opened his eyes and sat up. Too tired to speak. Baba asked his disciples to massage him. A little while later, he was able to get up and walk away. On March 5th, Haraprasad had another chance to go on the evening walk with Baba. On his way home, After accompanying Baba to his residence, he saw a crowd gather around a radio in a sweet shop. He stopped to find out what was going on and was stunned to hear the news that Stalin's death had just been announced. Some years later in 1970, Baba was walking with a South Indian disciple, Bhakta Vatsalam. During their conversation, Baba told him, that while Stalin's death had been announced on March 5th, he had actually died a few days earlier. The Kremlin had kept the news secret because of a power struggle between Varia and Khrushchev over who would succeed the Russian leader. I was sitting on the tiger's grave one evening, Baba told him, when a little boy from the Himalayas sent me a telepathic message. Baba, Stalin is planning to attack India. Please do something, Stalin was given a warning three weeks later. I was sitting at the tiger's grave, and that same little boy sent me another telepathic message. Baba, Stalin is about to declare war. He's planning on destroying India. Please do something. You know, Vakta Vasalam, Stalin died a short while later. Later in that same year, Baba was giving a talk in Ranchi during the talk. He told his disciples that everything occurs due to the wish of the Supreme Consciousness. Nothing can function without his wish. He then asked Vinayananda to stand up and give a speech about Anandamarga. In the middle of Vinayananda's speech, Baba made a motion with his hand. Suddenly, Vinayananda was unable to utter a single word. As he stood there, mute, Baba smiled. And explained that he had withdrawn his power to speak. Without his permission, he would be unable to say anything. Then Baba gave him back his power to speak, and with a touch to his forehead, he put him into a spiritual trance. Baba got up as if to leave the room, but then he sat back down again and said, the power by which Binayananda's ability to speak was cut off is called the cosmic scissor, by using the Cosmic Scissor, Parama Purusha, the Supreme Consciousness, can stop the functioning of anything in the universe. In the Markandeya Purana, this power is called Chandika Shakti. He paused for a few moments and then added, At the time of Stalin's death, the artery supplying blood to the brain was cut off by the use of the Cosmic Scissor, and he died immediately. After saying this, Baba got up and left the room. Thank you.